0: Seven ties, 11 lead changes, four in the last minute. Your family saw a good game. They did. They did. We got Lisa and the girls here, and uh, it was a good game. They're on the trip with us all weekend. So, a fun environment in Zach's hometown. So, we had a lot of family here tonight. Tremendous win for us. Cincinnati hat,
1: Cincinnati
0: Good day and welcome to the Cincy Slangin' Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm Coomer, joined as always by the birthday boy, Hummer.
1: Hummer, what's up, buddy? Coomer, it's funny that you asked, because today is a great day to be a Cincinnati Bearcat!
0: Happy birthday to you. (laughs) The Cincinnati Bearcats went on the road today and smacked Wichita State again. 80 to 79. Your home court is our home court now. We're the captain now. Hummer, the roadhouse is our house. Hummer, the Cincinnati Bearcats are a very good basketball team.
1: I think you're wrong.
0: I think we're elite. We're one of the hottest teams in the country after beating Wichita State on their home court. Again, reminding them who the dominant force in this conference is. New coach. The roadhouse. New coach right? doesn't matter. Jaron Cumberland's still the same. The Bearcats beat Wichita State 80-79. to 79. Incredibly close. Incredibly competitive. I was really nervous in that last minute of the game as we appeared to be blowing it and throwing it away on a number of fronts. But we have Jaron Cumberland, and that's the difference at the end of the day. This team Hummer. has a player that no other team in the country or conference has, and that's going to win us a lot of games. So, Hummer, let's get into the game itself. Let's react. It's been... I can't tell you how excited I am for this victory. There's obviously a lot of metrics out there. There's been a lot of talk from the Jerry Palms of the world, the Joe Lenardis of the world, Certain networks and certain you know people leaving us completely out of the tournament. Nobody really had us in except our boy Andy Katz. Shout out to you, Andy Katz. But there's no doubt anymore. The Bearcats, in fact, I would venture to say are not even on the bubble at this point. The Bearcats are well on their way to making the tournament and being an incredibly dangerous team in said tournament. But before we go too big picture, I'm way excited. You can tell I'm ready to talk about all the long-term prospects Let's talk about tonight's game. What
1: jumped out to you, Hummer, about tonight's game against Wichita? All right, let's talk about the obvious, right? They put the stats up before the game started of Mr. OG, Jaron Cumberland, and tonight he did not disappoint. He came out firing all cylinders. He ended the game, and I'm not going to read his whole entire stat line, but let's read the ones that matter, right? And this is where people are going to be like, why are you reading this one? Right? One for eight from three-point land. But why are you reading that? Why? Because he went nine for 17, and he ended up with 24 points. Right. He, the guy he went, was an absolute animal without making threes.
0: At the rim and from two-point range, the guy went eight of nine from the field. Just a masterful performance again. He had some amazing passes in this game. That first half dish on a drive where he basically dropped it off over his shoulder to Chris Volt, Chris Vote for a two-handed oh God, jam, unbelievably, oh, unbelievably so beautiful. beautiful. He's uh, he's just a master out there right now. He's he's completely dialed in in terms of how to run John Brandon's offense. He knows exactly what John Brandon is asking him of, of him, and he is the reason that other players are thriving on the court. But besides that, he is the guy who wants the ball down the stretch, and he proved it again tonight. 12 seconds left in the game. Who does the ball go to? There's no question in the arena. Everybody knows it. Jaron Cumberland, the sole liquidator himself. Oh, gee. He delivered, Hummer. He he took it to the hole. That's what everybody wanted to see. The legs appeared to be a little tired. It's why he was probably missing his jump shots tonight. We know about all the travel, travel difficulties, but he take, takes it to the hoop, as he always is so good at. Nobody stepped in front. There was no risk of a charge draws. The and one finishes through contact three point play to give the Bearcats a one point lead. And the rest is history. We win the game and we, we plant our flag in the middle of Wichita state's roadhouse court.
1: Guys, that is what Jaron Cumberland, that is what he brings to this team. When you get the ball in his hands, Yes. Can he take the step back three? Can he take the contested three? Absolutely. But he went one for eight. His value tonight was beyond the three. It was beyond his actually shot making, but he scored a lot of points. But like like Kumer just mentioned, going into traffic, driving the ball, taking jumpers, short you know short range jumpers. But then he didn't even get the a lot of a lot of tallies in the well. I guess he got five assists, so he still had a lot of tallies there. But he, his ability to create offense off of his, just the mere threat of having the ball in his hand is incredible. Anytime. Wich- well, let's, well, let's 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 what's let us let you are talking about stats of the game. Well, real right? quick though, let's let's not leave Jaron Gumberland yet because he has
0: been so incredible in conference play and was again tonight. Every single time Wichita state went on a run to close the game and pull it within one possession. Who was there to respond for the Bearcats? Jaron oh, Cumberland middle of the second half, which we, we went out, we got We extended the lead to about nine points. Wichita state goes on a mini run, cuts it to about three points. Jaron Cumberland went on about a seven 0 run himself for the Bearcats. Maybe not seven, 0 raw score, but he scored seven consecutive points for the Bearcats. He's just so reliable and so consistent right now. And so dialed in, he is an extension of John Brandon on the court. And I can't tell you, how valuable that is at this time of year in college basketball to have a player who can just simply take over the game. He's going to have the composure necessary. It's uh, it's got me extremely excited about where the Bearcats are heading
1: this season. He's not the only one who has me excited though. Keith Williams. Keith, let's talk some Keith. He looked good tonight. He looked fresh. Well, he's hot. (laughs) Keith,
0: Keith is still impacting the offensive end. But if you listen to John Brannon after the game, you could tell he's not quite there defensively. We need more from him defensively. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and all our guys would do, but he may plays at the rim like he always does. And I, I'm on Keith a lot. Yeah. And, 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 you know, part of the reason is, you know, we've got him a few years here and I got to get him where he needs to be. And uh, I, I see greatness in him, but, I, I've, I've got to get him guarding at a higher rate. And I've got to get him more consistently in his decision making offensively. He's a really good player. He's an outstanding player, but I got to get if we get those things out of him, he'll get a chance to take the next step. And that's my challenge for him every day. You know, Keith has all the raw tools to be a great defensive player. He's got great, you know, agility. He's explosive. He's athletic. He's long. He's rangy. Everything you'd want in a defender. It just seems like he's not completely engaged on that side, uh, on that end of the court like he needs to be to be as impactful as John Brandon wants him to be. But on offense, he and and Jaron Cumberland have a really great chemistry right now with getting rebounds, Jaron gets the ball as quickly as possible, and pushing it, sprinting full speed down the court. Jaron with the ball, Keith off ball, and finding those opportunities for easy layups on the other end in semi-transition. The Bearcats are thriving right now, getting four to five buckets a game just based on pushing the basketball. It's not something we're accustomed to. It's not something we've done in the past. But that style is giving us, you know, eight to ten points a game that just weren't being created before. Just based on
1: Jaron Cumberland and Keith Williams and other players running the court. Well, when you're talking about other players, I've talked about your favorite. Let's talk about mine. Talk to me. What would you like about Trey Scott tonight? Eleven rebounds. Out rebounded every player on this team. Double.
0: Well, I'll just say it, Hummer. He's the only good rebounder, the only true consistent rebounder on this team. If there's one knock on Chris Vote at this point, I'd say there's two knocks. He's not great on defense, though. He does have a he does impact shots at the rim. I will say that. So I'm not going to call him a bad defender, but he's not always right in the right spot, uh, position wise. He does. He's a little more prone to fouls. But my biggest problem for a seven one two sixty 260 body, he's not a good enough rebounder. And, and without Trey Scott in there cleaning up those boards, our rebounding issues would be exponentially worse. So for that, I want to definitely congratulate Trey and, and appreciate Trey. He's cleaning up on the boards game in, game out. He knows exactly what his role is.
1: He was sneakily shy from a double-double tonight. Sneakily shy he had 9 points, 11 rebounds. Here's one stat. So, what's let's, let's talk about a negative on the Cats side tonight. We got to out-rebounded on the offensive glass 2 to 1. 6 to 12. Another glaring hole in the Cats game is offensive rebounds. It's something that hasn't come back to bite us too much yet. But the, it, it seems like on the offensive rebound and we're only we're literally only had two players tonight with the offensive rebounds Chris Vote and Trey Scott no other player on the team was in the paint when the ball touched the rim
0: but that might that might be a strategic call by John Brannon in terms of who he's sending to the offensive glass i'm less concerned with our offensive rebounds i'm far more concerned with the offensive rebounds we give up Because while it hasn't bitten us in the last five games in terms of wins and losses, it has bitten us on a half-to-half basis, right? Houston got a big lead on us, and we're imposing their will based on offensive rebounding. Wichita State was doing the same thing. at stretches during this game. If there's a weakness in the Bearcats uh, in terms of our attack at this point, I would say it's rebounding. And that's why I come back to Chris Vogt. Trey Scott's bringing it game in, game out on the rebounding side. We've got to find a way to get a better better more solid performance from Chris Vote on the defensive boards in particular. I'm not talking about offensive rebounding. He needs to find a way to use that 7-1 frame to clean up on the defensive end. That's how you end a defensive possession, you know? If you get the stop, the way you actually get the stop is to secure the rebound.
1: So that's I'm not there- going to disagree I'm not disagreeing with that, especially cuz look we're talking about rebounds, and literally the only player rebounding as as like the, you name one player, if you can get him to stop rebounding, you win the game. Is Trey Scott eight defensive boards? Right. The next closest player, Jaron Cumberland, our point guard, with three. Right. I'm not saying that's the end of the world. That's going to what's the you have to win that stat to win the games. I think the most important stat we're going to look at. When we get into his turnovers, right? But well, we that's but, that's a great it's a great segue, Hummer, because if
0: there's there's two weaknesses of this team, you know, over the course of the season, right? I would say rebounding is one of them. The bigger red flag consistently has been turnovers. What turnovers look like tonight?
1: Beautiful. <laughs> look, you never talk about turnovers being beautiful, but tonight we had nine. I don't know the last time we have counted single-digit turnovers. And if you have that stat pulled up, congratulations to you, because I do not. All I know is it was not in the last three or four games. We average 12 to 13 turnovers a game for once. We turn the ball over less than the competition. And in my opinion, that was the difference in this game. You turn the ball over three more times, that gives them – four to six more points. This is not an 80 to 79 victory. It's an 84 to 80 victory in the other way.
0: Well, in the first half we struggled with turnovers, right? In the first 10 minutes of the game, the Bearcats had, I think four or five turnovers and Wichita state in the first half alone had 15 points off turnovers because the turnovers weren't these dead ball situations. We were turning the ball over in a live in a live ball way where Wichita state could take it, go in the other direction and score points. Second half, completely different story. We secure the ball. We're not nearly as sloppy. There's no turnovers. And, you know, there you have it. We're able to close the game and get the victory. So great call on that. The, uh, the nine turnovers in terms of a team, team play,
1: I would say that was the most important stat of the game. Coomer, another question for you. We're talking about players. We're kind of going through it. We've talked about Trey. We've talked about Chris Vought. We've talked about OG. we talked about Keith. I want to get in another starter who, honestly, his stat line, once again, not impressive. But I think he had a very impactful or a very important impact on the game that's not necessarily being seen. And this is before we get into the bench players, because we got we I think we had some very great contributions from the bench tonight as well. well let's talk about Micah Adams Woods. I what would you see. I still
0: love what Micah Adams Woods brings to the table, Shuey. You know, I <laughs> that's a great name. He's not putting up the biggest stats, but he's a freshman, and I don't necessarily need him to put up those stats. we have We have guys to score the ball. We have Jared, Keith, Chris Vote, Trey Scott. Micah Adams Woods is not going to be relied on to score the ball necessarily. What he does do extremely well is just execute the offense. He doesn't make mistakes. Another zero turnover performance. So his stat line may not blow you off the page or blow you off the screen, but there's not going to be something there. He's not losing you games, you know, but he's still a threat on the three-point line. You still have to defend him if you're Wichita State. I I love what Micah's bringing to the table, and I think John Brandon's found a sweet spot in terms of uh, how he wants to use him in the game. You know, he's not necessarily up to that 30 minutes per game but I don't think he has that in him. You know, I think he because of because he's a freshman, because he has his upside is is in the future. It's not right now. He's able to give us a really solid 18 to 22 minutes a game of just really solid supporting guard play, and I love what he's doing.
1: You know, there's just times where you get choked up and you have yeah, you said it perfectly. But I'm I'm going to ask you about another player who's probably a little bit more um, on it, I think it's harder to pin down his role necessarily. And I'm not going to go with the obvious one here because, you know, Zach Harvey get, once again, gave us great minutes. His stat line does not reflect what he was able to bring on the defensive end, but let's go ahead and talk about Mamadou Diara. We've got to talk about mama do. We got to talk about Mamadou. I sent out a tweet during this game, Hummer,
0: and I, I after, you know, you, sometimes you send these things out live in the moment and you, you know, kind of, you may regret it. Was I being emotional? Was I overreacting? Mamadou Diara is John Brannon's greatest accomplishment this season. What he's been able to get out of Mamadou, there was a time this season, Hummer, when we thought he's just not going to be an effective player for us. He's not going to be able to come in and give us good minutes. It's all about Chris Vote. It's all about Jay Sarola. Mama can du I, Diara can I go, is now. Can
1: I go even more than you. If you remember one of our very first podcasts we did, and this is when we thought Chris Vote was just like, oh, that guy who's seven foot tall from from uh, Northern <laughs> <laughs> Kentucky. Yep, right. We thought Mama Diara was going to be the it man. We thought uh, he was. We thought we he was going say- to
0: start. We thought we had to start him, right? We, we thought, thought we had, had to start Mamadou Diarra. I'm talking about we watched him play basketball early in the season, so we're not talking about only basing it on off season hyperbole, right? You hear yep. hyperbole coming out of out of camp and out of practice with yep. Terry Nelson and, and Meacham and you know folks saying Chris McNeil's the you know best player in practice. That's practice hyperbole. We saw real games, real games with Mamadou Diarra playing when he just looked completely overwhelmed. He looked the same as he did his freshman year, his sophomore, sorry, his freshman year, and now his sophomore year, where just a little bit of like a, a chicken with his head cut off. I actually used that analogy at one point. It's off base now. Mamadou Diara is confident on the court. He's more aggressive in pursuing rebounds. He's more, way more impactful defensively. John Brandon's now using Mamadou as the head of his 1-3-1 zone. He's pressuring guards on the perimeter He's securing rebounds defensively. And now on offense, he's confident enough to step out and shoot a three. He's now two for two on the season from three-point land. I can't, I can't speak highly enough on, A, the work Mamadou Diarra has put in and the perseverance he's had to actually become a contributing, really good contributing member off the bench, but then, B, John Brandon
1: pulling this out of Mamadou Diarra. So I'm not going to disagree with you on anything that you said. The one thing I'll say about Mamadou Diara, he's obviously working his tail off. He's he's getting after it. I'm excited, and I know we're talking about today's game, but I'm going to branch off for a quick sec. I'm not going to go to long tangent here. I'm excited to see Mamadou's growth into his junior and senior year because there are times where he comes into the game and he's almost too excited and it leads to a big defensive gaffe, and so I'm really excited to see what's going to come for him. But I love what you had to say in terms of what we saw tonight, what we're seeing from the progression from the game season to today. You're 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 hitting the nail, the hammer on the head, the nail on the head right there. He is right in there. All right, so let's get into it. Well, I wanted to. I'll well, just say well, this. We're going to, at the end of the season,
0: at the end of the season, you're going to give out awards, right? You're going to have MVP of the team, defensive player of the we year, know the MVP sixth man. I know. we know, A lot of these are self-explanatory, but in terms of who's Im- improved the most this season. Who is sixth man right now? He's the leader in the clubhouse. Mamadou Diara is the leader in the is clubhouse. Is he sixth for- man? Is he our sixth man? No. It's Javen Cumberland. Javen Cumberland is obviously the sixth man, as predicted by your boy could, before the season. Could. Could that change between now and the end of the season? I won't rule it out. Mamadou's improving at a rapid pace. If he's going to be able to step out and hit threes, and if that's going to become a bigger part of his game in the future, it opens up a lot of possibilities for him. So many reasons to be excited about Mamadou Diara right now.
1: Spoken like a true politician. All right, Zach Harvey. What do you see from him tonight?
0: I, he got five minutes, you know. Zach Harvey, he he, on the road. John, he,
1: utilize, he got five minutes. How do you utilize them? Did he utilize them well? I think he did.
0: Yeah, I like how he. I mean, he has to utilize Zach Harvey at this point. We've got ten scholarship players. He's got to play some guys, and and Harvey's bringing it. He's he's executing the game plan. He never tries to do too much offensively. He had a good drive early in the game. Drew a foul. Played solid defense while he was
1: in the game. He had probably he's one bad quicker. foul on a press. See him getting quicker every single game. Yeah, I feel he, like he gets getting Every- in front of his fenders faster. Yeah, he's he's getting in front of them. He's stopping them from driving to right. the hoop. But this is he's,
0: it was a, it's a performance, right? Like he had five minutes. Yes. He didn't have tremendous impact on the game, but he also helped us stem the tide when he was in there. He didn't he didn't necessarily do anything to detract from our performance. And I would say exactly what I did last week. Zach Harvey's stock is rising, rising, rising.
1: I hope everybody bought the dip. All right, last one. We had one last contributor off the bench, Chris McNeil.
0: Chris McNeil is what he is at this point, Hummer. He's not going to look for his shot. He shot one shot this game, but defensively, he comes in and gives you maximum effort for every single minute that he plays. He was disruptive. I saw a few plays in the second half in particular when he, he was in there switching like a madman and recovering on defense in a way that helped us not give up points on certain possessions, and it's immensely helpful. He's bought into his role. There's been no complaints about being demoted from starter to bench. Still has a great attitude, still bought into this team, and uh, look, I think uh, we just have to embrace him for what his role is at this point, defensive energy guy.
1: All right, Cameron, you ready for it? Let's do it. Let's get into some hyperbole. This game, what's it mean to Bearcat fans all out here in the ethernet? What does this, this game mean to you? This victory to me
0: means we stop worrying about making the tournament. We're going to make the tournament at this point. This team is one of the best twenty-five teams in the country. You can't if you if you remove our non-conference blemishes and that Tulane outlier. Look at our recent history. We're playing like one of the best teams in the country. We have one of the best players in the country. We have a coach who's just proceeded to out-coach. Bobby Hurley, Kelvin Sampson, Greg Marshall,
1: all on his way to the Hall of Fame. John Brandon.
0: <laughs> I'm glad you got to get, get that out of your system. But honestly, John Brandon's performance hummer has been incredible, right? You can't speak highly enough of a guy who helped the team deal with immense adversity earlier in this season, right? heading into conference play, people really weren't sure where this was heading. You know, we, had a, we, we lost a game against Colgate in a way that you would just never fathom the Bearcats losing a game. But here we are, first place in the American Athletic Conference, Jaron Cumberland well on his way to being a defending back-to-back player of the year in the conference. It's time to stop worrying about making the tournament. We're making the tournament, and we're, we're, we're constructing a team that's playing at a level where you start thinking about serious runs into second weekend, into third weekend. I'm feeling
1: incredible about how this team is playing basketball right now. Yeah, Kimber, before we head out, let's talk about it. Tulsa lost to UConn tonight in an embarrassing defeat for the first-place team in the conference. An expected defeat, finally. An expected defeat. They're coming back to reality, but the Bearcats have taken their own destiny into their own hands that we talked about this incredible incredibly difficult six game stretch we are now currently four and oh throughout this stretch we're going into yukon and then we're going to come back with memphis at home which we have said we are going to win memphis at home which means we are going to also beat connecticut, at connecticut. so we're going to go six and oh over this stretch but guys Fear not. The Bearcats are where they belong, at the top of the conference pedigree. We are the best team in the conference. We remain the best team in the conference. I want to bring it back here, Homer.
0: There was a moment earlier in the season, we dropped a game to Colgate, and folks were losing their mind about what could have possibly just happened to the Cincinnati Bearcats. And our friends from Houston, the Scott and Holman podcast, sent out a tweet that said something along the lines of, this is not the Cincinnati Bearcats this season that everyone's been accustomed to. And you know what, Hummer? They're right. It's not the Bearcats of old. This is not the Cincinnati Bearcats of old. And this is a team that is built for the long haul. We can beat you with defense. We can beat you with offense. And Jaron Cumberland, John Brannon, Trey Scott, Chris Vogt, Keith Williams, they're gonna all make sure it keeps happening the rest of the season. Let's not jump the gun, Hummer. That Yukon game at UConn is going to be tough. But history tells us we are we're ready to smack them and keep that winning streak going. I think we were we're seven of the last seven against them. Let's make it eight. And then let's close this out against you against Memphis, man. It's been a great, great four games for the Bearcats. Hummer, if we're gonna grade this performance, let's start doing this where games. You know, these get reaction podcasts where we react to games. Let's talk about
1: how we would grade this Bearcats performance. I want to grade it on two fronts, though. First, I want to grade the entertainment factor. Because first off, we do not play a boring style of basketball. Entertainment-wise, this was an A+. Plus. Oh, the game was incredible. One of the best entertaining games I've seen from a Bearcat. It wasn't just hold the ball, play defense. But in their actual performance actual performance they played offensive style it was an a minus defense was probably more of a b minus c plus so i'm going to give this grade overall a solid b to b plus wow i think you're being
0: an incredibly harsh critic I look at it and think, okay, we just scored eighty points on the road. Hey,
1: defense wasn't there this game, man. Defense. Hang on,
0: you had your chance,
1: but we let we gave You had time. your
0: chance. This team just Done. went on the road against the top ten defense, dropped eighty points. That's an A. It's a clear cut A performance on offense. Easy buckets. shot over fifty percent, thirty percent from the from three point range. The offense was humming on all cylinders. I had no problems with that. Defensively, you're right. I give it a B minus. It wasn't a great, great game on the defensive side. But when I factor in everything, road game, huge, huge stakes, right? Rowdy environment, top 10 defense. This performance is an A from the Bearcats easily. This is an A performance. It's one of our best performances of the season. On that note, Hummer,
1: let's wrap this up. Happy birthday
0: to you, sir. Uh, Thirty-two no. years young. Go enjoy
1: your birthday. Thanks for thanks for taking the time to record, buddy. Good night, Bearcat Nation. This one belongs to us. Cheers.